0: Jesus said, Beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them, for then you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So whenever you give alms, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they might be praised by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And whenever you fast, he said, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face there your heart will be also. The Gospel of the Lord. My wife has complained about the dust in our house for years as though it was any more prolific than anyone else's dust. I never wanted to give her complaints much credence, mainly for two reasons. The first is that her main theory revolved around the dogs, who become my dogs, of course, whenever there's a problem like the copious amounts of hair that they leave laying around, especially at this time of year, or the damn dog dander she deduced must certainly be the source of our abundance of dust. The second reason I never wanted to give her complaints much credence is because as soon as I did that, I'd have a dust cloth in my hand and a chore to do. (laughs) A few months ago, we had the privilege of having a new furnace installed at 3872 South Redbird Trail. I say it was a privilege because we were never without heat nor did we have to worry about our pipes freezing or enduring a cold night's sleep or any such struggle. Ours was a preemptive home improvement based on the prediction and the advice of the technician who did our regular seasonal maintenance on our decades-old furnace and warned us that sooner rather than later, we'd be replacing that thing whether we wanted to or not. Anyway, When they dismantled the old furnace to install the new one, they found the sheet metal ductwork that sat on the ground in our crawl space had completely rusted and rotted to nothing but dust. It was literally sitting in the dirt. Our old dying furnace, which had a terrible filter system in it anyway, was in fact blowing its own dust Up into and throughout our house for God knows how long. (laughs) Now, this revelation was both good and bad, you might guess. The good news was that our dust problem wasn't the fault of my damn dogs. (laughs) The bad news, of course, was that Krista was right. The dust in our house was, in fact, more prolific than the dust in all your houses. And what's more, I had been perfectly comfortable living in denial about that, pretending that it couldn't possibly be true. I got a call from The local paper last week wanting to know about Lent generally. The writer wanted to know about what we do and about why we do what we do as a church in our neck of the woods who seems to make our way through the season of Lent more deliberately than some others. I feel like that's true, that we do Lent a bit more deliberately around here than other places, but I didn't know anyone else had noticed, so I was pleasantly surprised by the chance to talk about it. So, of course, I told this reporter about our midweek Wednesday meals and worship. We talked about Holy Week prayer vigils and other worship services like Good Friday and Maundy Thursday, where we're used to celebrating First Communion with our little kids and stripping the altar, sometimes washing feet. And, of course, I told her about tonight, this Ash Wednesday stuff— where we begin all of it together with a smudge of ashes and dust on our foreheads. I even told her about how some of us get our ashes in the columbarium. She seemed particularly interested and fascinated by that. And I told her that generally, for me, Lent as a spiritual discipline is about acknowledging that life in this world is hard. And I think we do ourselves, we Christians, I mean, do ourselves and the world around us a disservice when we pretend that having faith makes everything easier all the time. Like, yeah, God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, so they say. But God never promised there wouldn't be suffering and struggle and hardship and adversity along the way. I think too many people believe that too many of us believe that because of our faith, we don't or shouldn't have to suffer or struggle or endure what so many out there in the world suffer through, struggle with, and endure in this life. But looking around this room, I know that you and I know that this couldn't be further from the truth of our experience. There is divorce and cancer There are addictions and diseases of all kinds. There are floods and wildfires, mass shootings and war. There are chemical spills and spy balloons for crying out loud. There are racists and homophobes and bullies. There is sin and shame and sadness and regret that gets the best of us too much of the time. But rather than see these ashes on our foreheads and the beginning of another Lenten walk as an act of despair or self-flagellation, as a woe-is-me kind of fatalism or some navel-gazing resignation to all this sin that surrounds us, I'd like to invite you to let all of it, these ashes and this Lenten season, be an honest, brave, faithful, defiant, hope-filled engagement with the dust that covers us in this world. An honest, brave, faithful, defiant, hope-filled engagement with the dust that covers us in this world. This is an opportunity to acknowledge that the dust of our sin and struggle can feel and be heavier some days. And more so for some of us than others. And this is an invitation not to ignore that dust as some of us are wont to do. It's an invitation to see it, to name it, to wear it even. The dust and ashes of our sin and struggle, not pridefully or with some sort of false humility, but so that we might acknowledge and proclaim that none of us is alone in this. And all of this is a chance to do as Jesus expects us to do and suggests that we do. We pray. We give our offering. We fast, maybe. We put our faith, our time, and our treasures not in earthly, mortal, temporary things that rot and rust, but into the hands and into the heart of God and these things that we do, these exercises of our faith, these acts of discipleship are not meant to be chores. We don't do them because we have to. We do them because we get to. We don't do them because they will clean or clear away all the dust that continues to keep piling up around us. We do these things We practice our faith, we live as disciples, precisely because we cannot clean or clear away any of it, all on our own. All of this is an exercise in trusting and proclaiming that the hard stuff will not win. It won't last forever. The dust and the despair never get the last word because God has and God does and God will always, always, always have the last word. Here and now, we remember that we are dust. So much dust. And that we will be again someday. But here and now, and in the days to come, we are invited to hold out hope, so much hope that God makes beautiful things out of the dust, that God can't wait to redeem whatever is lost, to fix whatever is broken, to heal whatever hurts, to find whatever is lost, to raise the dead even. to do all of that through the love we know and the life we share in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.